Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the Near and Queer to My Heart podcast. I'm your host, Amanda G. Happy 2023. I'm so excited to be kicking this year off with a fabulous episode with Justice Singleton. Justice and I met doing stand-up comedy. Justice has been on the Greetings from Queer Mountain storytelling show. Justice does drag. Justice is a screenwriter. He does it all. And I'm so excited. This is how we're kicking off our new year. Also, hope your 2023 has been good so far. Hope you set some intentions out there, some resolutions, whatever you want to do. I know you're going to achieve it this year. We're feeling so good already because 2022 is over and that's all we really needed to know. I'm really excited about this episode. This is one of those really cool ones where this is someone that I've known for years, but we sat down and talked and learned so much about each other. And it was just so cool to have that experience and to really connect with Justice in this way. And I hope you all enjoy it too. So let's get the episode. Let's get to Justice Singleton. What are your preferred or your pronouns? My pronouns are he and him. Okay. Yeah. As I a, also identify as a bitch ass nigga. Yeah. Because I, I was, I don't like, I said preferred. I don't mean to say preferred. That's yeah. The, I got you so used to saying that and people were like, you can't say preferred, it's just pronouns. Oh. And I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't like, I didn't think about that. Can I ask, what are your pronouns? She, her. Okay, and when did you start using she, her pronouns? <laughs> they were always pushed right? on me my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And then when I, when I realized that other pronouns, I could use other pronouns. Yeah. I don't know, just the idea never like occurred to me. Yeah. That I could like identify as other pronouns and I really thought about it and I still feel like those are my pronouns yeah but I'm glad I like had the space to think about it yeah that I never had my whole life it's just like this is what you do and I thought about it because like growing up a lot of people pushed you know especially growing up in the 80s like people pushed girly shit on me Mm -hmm. like I never understood how to play with Barbies yeah like look at these dolls and be like what the fuck what am I supposed to do with this like yeah I didn't like dresses. I was like what you call a tomboy. You yeah, know? I like sports. Same. I like climbing fences. I yeah. like playing outside. I didn't like, I don't like crafting, like, um, you know, yeah. things that are traditionally identified as like more feminine. You like, you like cats and pussy. I do like cats, yeah, and pussy. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> yeah, cats first. Cats first. Cats are first. <laughs> Depends on who's in the room. Yeah, um. <laughs> I feel the same way though. Sometimes the like cats I, uh, go in the other room, you know. <laughs> when uh, when I learned about pronouns, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" You know, my sibling was introducing themselves as a they, and I was like, "I was really an asshole." I was like, "You don't even have enough brain to be a they," you know. Like I don't know what you're talking <laughs> about. And then now I'm uh, identifying he him, and I'm trans, and I'm getting top surgery, and all this shit is changing. And I'm like, whenever like a doctor is like. 
she i'm like a suddenly turning into like the, the pronouns i use are mm-hmm. when like in reality like i still like to be treated like a like a like a hell like a, like a <laughs> delicate like a lady sometimes you know <laughs> yeah it's great that the idea of gender is changing in our society yeah I'm really excited for that because there was a lot of gender things that I was very confused by. Yeah. Um, and it's good that people have terms that they can feel comfortable with. But mm-hmm. but then they're also like, just because I now identify as he, him doesn't mean you don't hold the fucking door. Yeah. Or it's, it's also like a thing of like, when I started identifying as trans, people were like, dismiss like 28 years of me having a vagina and having to endure periods. Like, you know, like they were like, Oh, now you're a mask. You can't hang out with the femme folks. You got to stay in your mask lane. And that was weird for me, too. I was like, wait, why are we doing this if we're also not about gender in general? Like, you know, like. Yeah. And that doesn't take away from experiences you've had in life. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like your history. Your history is your history. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't erase like you don't just erase that. Yeah. It's still part of who you are. Yeah. We, we are getting to know each other. <laughs> Yeah, you you gonna interview me? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am right. gonna interview right. you if, if that's okay. Sure. When did you get comfortable on being on stage telling jokes? When was that? So I was turning thirty. Okay. And that's when I decided I wanted to try stand up. Okay. And it was I don't know, just I'm the kind of person that I get an idea in my head one day. Yeah. And the next day I'm already like, how do I do this? Got it. What's um, your sign? Gemini. Nah, is track? nah, Gemini's are awful. <laughs> yeah, sure. Are you one of those that you're like Gemini's and Scorpios? <laughs> You know, my mom's an astrologist, so my mom tells me about signs, but my mom will, my mom's been telling me about signs for a really long time, and now in my real life, I see, like, a repetitive of personality, and, like, the Gemini is, like, maybe you could be a Kanye Gemini, mm-hmm. but you could also just be a yay Gemini, do you know what I mean? Like, you could be, yeah, you could be, like, on it, and then you could also just be crazy and off of it, you know, like. So which one? And we could be both, and you, we can, can hide exactly one or the other. Yeah. Sometimes we hide the crazy, and sometimes we don't hide the crazy. Yeah. And we hide the like kindness that's behind it. Yeah. When you were thirty, were you hiding the craziness? And <laughs> decided I gotta be a comedian. Yeah, I guess I still hide like a little, you know, yeah. a little bit of the the crazy side because I need to function in society. <laughs> yeah. What what sign are you? I'm a Libra. Okay. Um, the scales? Is that yeah. It? Okay. Balance. And my name's Justice. Yeah. So that's it's like supposed mm-hmm. to be like, oh yeah, you're always about balancing, but I'm always like a little off unbalanced. Okay. Know? So you don't feel, do you feel like your sign is you? I do feel like it's always about maintaining balance. Like I do, I'm very peaceful. I'm very like uh, outgoing. And then I have like a, do you know what a moon and a rising is? Mm-hmm. I know you, I mean, you're a lesbian. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. I'm a, I'm <laughs> the, queer, a... the queers know. <laughs> what am I? I'm a um, Gemini sun. I'm a Cancer moon and I'm a Scorpio rising. Oh, okay. So we actually do get along. I'm a Cancer moon too. Okay. And I have a rising in Cancer. And I'm a Libra. Air you have a lot of like calmness. I'm very chill. <laughs> I mean, like. I, I'm sure you know, like, there's a huge community of comedians, and I'm, like, just the chillest, like, I, I don't seem to get out as much as the other comedians do, but it's possibly just because I'm, like, very much, like, I'm very shelled up and, like, trying to get the ideas down. I feel like, socially, I love people, 
but I'm not always into like spaces, you know, to so different spaces, give you different vibes. That... Yeah. You know, and like when I perform, like if I go to a com- comedy show, I don't like sometimes I don't like people to know. So like I've been to your comedy show, Howling Wolf, but you didn't know. <laughs> and so now I'm going and I'm like, all right, cool. And I have to check out those spaces before I'm like, all right, cool. I want to perform in those spaces. Oh, you good. Know? So you like the space. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. I think it's great. I think um, New Orleans spaces are just they could be good they could be weird they could be for like a black person when you go to any space in new orleans it's like obviously weird because somewhere around it's haunted or you know there's an odd vibe mm-hmm. um and then with comedians comedians are supposed to lighten those spaces and make it better so for me i'm like if i can't do this in this area i don't know <laughs> you know like it i have to fill it you know? okay so you think comedians make spaces better <laughs> i think sometimes they do yeah yeah sometimes yeah <laughs> I mean, it depends on who, the comedian. There, there's probably like a couple people who mm-hmm. I don't know, because um, I try not to also like no bad comedians. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's just a general life rule. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Coming from Los Angeles, in Los Angeles, there's so many bad comedians, um, <laughs> and there's so many famous ones who are also really bad, and people are always like kissing ass, and I'm just like not about it so i don't like to kiss people's ass yeah what got you into comedy you know having undiagnosed adhd got me into comedy like being like the class clown talking to strangers like just being like at a very young age able to tell jokes and then at a certain point i was like oh i can do this on stage so i just started i might have been like literally 18 19 being like i want to do comedy and there was basically a period of time from like 18 to maybe like 24 where I was like heavily every night in a club doing comedy. And then I was like, I need a break. And then yeah. I kind of like skipped some years and coming here, I was like, I want to do this again. I like the community, you know. Are yeah. you, so you're from Los Angeles? I am. Okay. Born and raised. I'm from a- Santa Clarita. What? Yeah. You're you're from California? Yeah, I'm from Cali. What? <laughs> People never believe me, but I don't. <laughs> I I hated it there. So yeah. I left when I was eighteen. I'm thirty nine now, so I've spent more time away. Yeah. Um I went to college in the Bay Area, but I feel like the Bay's different than LA. Yeah, very much. And Santa Clarita, which I've learned now as an adult, it was a it's a very red area. It's a very mm-hmm. Trump now mm-hmm. area. Yeah. But as a kid I didn't understand anti gay politics and yeah. what that meant. I just yeah. felt yeah. I didn't belong there. And now I'm like, oh, that's why. Because if I had been out, they probably would have harassed me mm-hmm. and hurt me. Yeah. Well, did you move from California here? Oh, I went to L.A. and then I was in the Bay for college. And then I went to law school in New York. Okay. And then I moved here. Are you a lawyer? Yeah, I'm a got lawyer. It. Got it. You look like a <laughs> you Your house feels like lawyers, except for the kids. Yeah. yeah. It's like two lawyers who got a couch on Facebook Marketplace for twenty five dollars. Yeah, we work at nonprofits though, so that's exactly why. (laughs) That's exactly why we're the broke lawyers. I was like, see this table right here? Someone put that on next door. Yeah, I was like two minutes later. I was like, I will leave work and pick that up. Yeah. (laughs) What's it like? Uh, uh, when you think about just a little bit about the difference of like I was raised in another place and now I I've just lived here for so long. Do you have like memories of that? like being in California or is it kind of like eh? yeah I mean it depends on the day yeah. like some days I really miss it yeah like especially like if I go back and I'm like oh the sun's just a little brighter here and it's nice that there's like mountains in the distance and the beach is right there yeah and, and there's palm trees there's and yeah and then there's traffic and then <laughs> there's you know 
restaurants that have two hour waits for no fucking reason and you can't park anywhere <laughs> yeah. and then you're like oh yeah this is why i laugh this like, is why i laugh it takes time yeah like yeah. my commute is like five to seven minutes in new orleans i can yeah. park easily like i never have any problem getting around places everyone here's friendly yeah in la if you're not somebody or if you don't know somebody or you're not connected to somebody mm-hmm. you're a nobody yeah yeah it's so true and i grew up like that actually i grew up where like everyone i knew knew someone yeah and it was like wasn't until I left because I, I always traveled around and moved places, but it wasn't until I left that I realized that like not everyone lives this way. Yeah, you where know what I mean? Yeah, where in LA did you grow up? I grew up like uh this area called Baldwin Hills, which is like it, there's a reality show about it. It's mm-hmm. like where it's like literally called the Black Beverly Hills. <laughs> and then um my mom also lived all over LA in Hollywood. Okay. And uh I guess you know, may, you may or may not, but both of my parents, both of my parents are in industry. Okay. So like, I don't, I grew up, I grew up actually knowing what it was like to be in that in, or to be in film or TV industry. Okay. And that was weird. Can I ask what your parents yeah, sure. do in the industry? Uh, my mom manages actors and. Oh, you got yeah. to see that side of things. Yeah. And my dad directed movies. Okay. So I had like a both of uh, watching my dad work on sets and then now watching my mom like very much be a more active manager and me being a I'm a writer so I'm kind of observing it all and then also like calling them out because I'm like some of this shit is just really fucked up you know yeah it was child like I had a great childhood because I have like a very spoiled I think it's spoiled I and now I'm kind of like but that's not the way I want to live you know not not most of my life you know yeah, how old were you? Do you remember like the first time you were ever on set somewhere? Four. Four. Do you remember, remember it? it? Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was a uh, on a set of a movie called Rosewood. I know that movie. Yeah, yeah, and it was a slave movie, and I was so young. But the movie, Bing uh, Rames. Yeah, the movie was like on a train track, like or the set was on train track, so I got to see a moving train. Like a, or like it was near train tracks. So I got to see the train move, and I was so I was so young, but I remember the feeling of being at night and like being able to be on an old train and seeing all these people dressed up. So like have little me- memories. How and I'm gonna ask this because so like sure. in, in college I so I'm like obsessed with classic movies. Yeah. I like love the way movies are made. I love that someone's idea in their brain went on paper yeah and then someone else took that and is directing it and there's someone who's you know scouting locations and someone mm-hmm. who's deciding if this person's right like it's it's so amazing to me what comes from like an idea of a person yeah. that it becomes this movie but like in college i wanted to study movies but i was so worried that if i studied movies yeah that i would hate them yeah like because as a kid there's part of this like fantasy like yeah. we see these movies and we think that they're real and maybe there's a unicorn out there and maybe yeah. You know, uh, Casper the Friendly Ghost will come and play with you when you have no friends. Like, yeah, you know, like yeah. did that did that ruin like your love for the arts because you got to kind of see how this sauce was made? Whoa. Wow. Okay, so there's two parts of it. As a young person, like nothing was cooler than going to movie sets. It made the fantasy more fantasy because it was like, here's this place where people are moving. There's so many moving parts. And as a young person, you don't have to do shit. You don't mm-hmm. have to. You just watch it. You just eat it crafty and fucking eat all the food you want to eat. Like I was spoiled. I was like, wow, I want to do this as a job. And then when you go and you like kind of 
because <laughs> I got out of college from studying screenwriting to working on set in, in Georgia and Atlanta. And immediately when I was thrown back into it, I was like, wait, this is still kind of a fantasy, but like fantasy and not the greatest way. Like, I think when people are making movies, they really don't care a lot about human rights. <laughs> and a lot of the pieces become less about like, like, again, you said it's an idea, you know, into people making that idea. And you realize that those two parts, the idea, the writing, the the production, the actual direction, editing, like all these parts of it change. So you never really have the original idea. Yeah. And that's crazy because sometimes like you'll watch movies and you'll be like, uh, wow, like that movie was great. And then you'll see the original idea. and You'll be like, OK, but that's not actually how the script looks like, you know? Yeah. Or sometimes um, it's the reverse. You see like your favorite actress and you're like, what a shit movie. Why? Yeah. Why would you make this movie? And then you like read the script or you read about how mm-hmm. what the original concept and you're like, oh, yeah, I would have signed up for that. Yeah. Like that yeah. sounds amazing. Like what? What happened in this process? And yeah. it's because like. It goes, not only does it go through, like, hundreds of people, yeah. essentially, and this whole, like, editing and filming process, yeah. um, but it goes through, generally, like, a studio yeah. and promotion and yeah, that's when whatever's movies. trendy at the time, and, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, movies are bad now because mm-hmm. of studios. Yeah. Like, they just are. And I think studios even know they are, which is why we're in a place where studios, there's less studios, but there's just so much more content. They're like, actually, we realize we can make as much shit as we want. And we realize we can also make as much good shit as we want. Like, it's just endless. I I think about that, too, because back in the day, there was like three main movie studios. Yeah. And they each made like four movies a year. Yeah. So people just watched all the movies, but they picked like the best of the best. Yeah. Because they only had the resources to Mm -hmm. make limited things. And then now... You could just film stuff really quickly, really cheaply, yeah. get it out there. Yeah. Netflix will probably buy it, if not Amazon yeah. or Hulu or Paramount or someone yeah. or Peacock. Like, someone will buy it. I literally think film and TV, if you think about streaming, maybe more TV than film is the new porn. <laughs> you know, like, all the Valley people were like, I want to get a real job in a real studio. <laughs> and they were just like, let's just stop making porn. Let's go fuck up somebody else's <laughs> genre. I can see that because we now scroll through th- like movies the way yeah. we scroll through porn. Yeah. We're like, I'm not in the mood for that. Like, just, you start uh, watching it and you're like, no, nah, that's not that's yeah. not what I what want right morning. now. I watch, I watch True Blood. <laughs> I watch like old HBO movies. They're like, yeah. <laughs> I just think about that and being like, wow, it's so different than <laughs> getting ready to have like a very serious cinematic experience, you know? Yeah. Um, but I'm not disillusioned as an artist at all. I think I'm the opposite. Now I'm like at a, I guess the, I'm the young, I'm the 30, so I'm the young one. But I'm a, I'm a person who's like, wow, I really have not lived my life in the industry. I've lived my life observing it. I've lived my life part of it in very minor ways but like now I'm like in a very confident place of being like I want to be a um optimist about creation you know yeah not just a person who's like yeah I want to make a movie to make money like I actually want to tell stories you know yeah and he says you're you said you're a screenwriter yes so um have you written anything that's that you're trying to get out there right now? Every or? screenwriter is written something <laughs> trying to get out there. Because some people uh, are like me. I'm a screenwriter in my head where I have a lot of great ideas, but I've never yeah. like sat down and actually written them. Yeah. No, I I have to write. I came out in, to New Orleans uh, after my dad passed away. 
And when he passed away, I was like, I fucked the film industry. I don't want to do this anymore. And then I started to be like, but I'm really good at it. So I took some time off and then I started writing pilots and and uh, features again. And I wrote a lot. I wrote a little bit before I think he passed. But now it's like my day to day job is to get things done and get things out there and produce and, and make content. You know, I didn't yeah. really give a fuck about that prior, you know get caught up you and, know and how is it because pretty sure i know who your dad is at this point yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his, his name is john yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> i was like i didn't know if you wanted to no, talk good. about it no, but i was you're like fine. when she said rosewood i was like okay yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i should have put two and two together because i knew yeah. your last name but yeah i guess i was gonna ask like like how is it because your dad is super famous and yes. he's done some amazing shit like did you ever feel like you're in his shadow or there was like a need to break away from that or was it just honoring like the family like this is what you were raised in and this is what the family loves or like how do you yeah like does that matter to you yeah well you know so if the question gets really like the simple answer is is I definitely still feel in the shadow but not in the shadow of like not in the shadow of what he's done as a artist it's more of what he's done as a person. It's really cliche, but like in the idea of transitioning and becoming like a quote black man or whatever, I think of like what am I, what type of person do I want to be? And I look at my father as like I don't know if I want to be that, or maybe I do want to be like take things pieces of it. So I look at that and being like, will I be able to? He united a lot of people. He was a very big presence. Do I want to be a big presence in people's lives? Um, in terms of an actual artist or like no no one could have been or will be John Singleton <laughs> yeah and it, I, I think I always knew that very young because he told me so <laughs> he was like no one can be me <laughs> he was like I I came out of school as a football player I was drafted and easily it's a once in a lifetime story it's the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory story of a black man um, so I was like fuck no I'm not doing that I'm not I'm not in a rush. And then my family uh, very much was as, uh, connected by him, you know. And I carry some of that, but I'm trying to, like, get rid of some of that just to unburden myself and be like, who, who the fuck am I? Because part of it, yeah, like, it could hold you back because it could yeah. be, like, tying you down, essentially. But yeah. it could also, you know, be a way to understand and connect to things in, like, a different, unique way that not everybody has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... But what other questions? Because I, I know you got questions. Everyone uh, has asked. Yeah, I have a lot of questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, LA, where did you go to college? I went to Loyola Marymount University. Okay. It's it's like... It's pretty. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Um, it's religious. Yeah, you know. It's funny because when I came here and I was like, yeah, I went to Loyola. They were like, oh, you went to Loyola? And I didn't know there was a Loyola in New Orleans. Yeah, there's like six of them. There's like one yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, there's like one in Chicago. Yeah. Um, the school was very like white, gorgeous. I only really went there because I I thought I didn't get into one of my favorite schools, which was Bard College. It was like oh, upstate New York. College. That sounds more like you. Yeah, I think everyone says that. <laughs> they had like it's a, smaller. It's more like. A, theater and um, yeah you know that kind of basis well, they had an arts department yeah. i was a really history nerd and they had like an art history program that that was cool and they like they were surrounded by a forest in upstate new york i was obsessed 
And uh, you don't have to hide this part, but my dad hid my exception acceptance letter. Oh, shit. Isn't that fucking crazy? I was going to ask you how you thought you didn't get it. I was like, I, like they tell you. <laughs> no, he hid it from me. And yeah. I was like. He didn't want you to go so far away? I don't fucking know. I still don't know to this oh, day. Shit. When I was moving out of uh, the house uh, that we that he lived in, I found my acceptance letter in a drawer. And I was like. Can I still go? Like, it was like literally eight years or nine years. You're like, later. how long is this valid? I know. I'm like, but but I didn't. Re- I don't regret schools and and where I went because I'm also like college is college is what it is. I think you're supposed to go to college for four years and then again do what you're doing. Like maybe you had a law degree or whatever. Uh, me personally, I'm just a little too lazy to mm-hmm. be in class session. Yeah. Now that's one thing like as an adult looking back I realized like I always thought like you go to college like, yeah. you graduate high school you go to college that's what my parents drilled into me yeah it wasn't an option for me mm-hmm. I felt like even though I would have been an adult and I could have made my own decisions yeah I'm glad I went at the yeah. time but now it's like was that the step that I needed to take to get me you know where yeah. I am and I don't know yeah you know, and not it's not for everybody. No. And it's not bad or good if you go. It's just yeah. whatever your path is in life. For yeah. some people, like, college takes away from, like, if they're trying to experience, you know, if they want to yeah. do something where they just need to get out there and experience it and get that, like, the experience of whatever field it is, they yeah. should just do that. Yeah. I mean. I um, think college should just be free and that way you mm-hmm. can decide when and how you go. And that's kind of the thing is, like, usually a lot of families are like, you got to go now. We're ready to spend this money. We saved up. It's like capitalism being yeah. like, we want you to save $20,000 so you can spend it on this child who's never going to pay you back. Yeah. <laughs> like, fuck that or whatever the amount is. Yeah, um, like 20000 maybe maybe 20 years ago. I, I, I look back now and I'm like, man, if my dad would have given me that money, I probably would have made my first movie. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. You could have taken that you know? and... and Produced a whole fucking movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Travel around the world. Like, there's so many. Yeah. Get experiences to write another movie. Yeah. I mean. Or spend it on drugs. <laughs> and get experiences to write a movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know? Exactly. How long were you at Loyola? Uh, I was there for four years. Okay, so you yeah. did the four. I did the four. I wasted the last semester taking, like, electives because I was always in summer school. I thought I was going to graduate early, and then the last semester, I was like, I want to take bullshit classes mm. and be here more. Because yeah. what happens after, that's why I went to law school, really, because, like, yeah. college, you know, I'm turning 22, yeah. college is ending, and I'm like, what? what's this real world? What do? Like, what yeah. the fuck? I'm just yeah. going to go to more school. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I was going to do that, too, but it's like, for film, people are always about this thing, and this is what's toxic about the industry, is filming is very much, like, they either tell you to go to college or they tell you to make an independent film, right? But if you go to four years, they go, you learned enough, get in the industry. But it depends on what you're into. Like for me, I didn't, I didn't learn. I, they didn't teach me how to be a screenwriter. I kind of already knew how to be a screenwriter. I think if I would have even extended my four years, I would have went to a history or another sort of elective to be like, okay, I got that. I got that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Because I think the there's never enough learning and once you get in the industry it's always there it is always there people are like you can't put it down you can't pick it back up i think you can yeah people do it all the time yeah yeah so what happened after college you graduate yeah i graduated i came to atlanta you went right to atlanta yeah i like maybe made it a month and then worked on um, a movie called selma that is a diverting movie 
And uh, then I went to New Orleans, and then I did, like, the first 21 Jump Street or some shit. New Orleans, yeah, for, like, literally a week, two weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, they did film it there, because Channing Tatum bought a bar on Bourbon Street. Really? Yeah. I forgot what it's called. Yeah, he owns one of the bars on Bourbon Street. Wow. Yeah, so... Which makes sense for Channing Tatum, I guess. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I guess. Um, Yeah, so I, like, did that and was like, that's cool. I want to go to L.A. I miss my dog. I want to be out here. And honestly, from most of these years, I could say it was a lot of being me. Like, I'm a writer, but I didn't know what I wanted to write. You know, like, I had features that were, like, adventure movies and, like, I really liked history, so I was writing a lot of things that, like, I loved in history and kind of playing with the fantasy of things, but none of it was, like, soulful or real, and I was kind of like, what am I doing? And I think I pretty much would say that I was working on set for, like, five years between after that, you know, four or five years. And then what got you to New Orleans? Woof! That's the story. It's I always mean, a story. The the yeah. how did you get to New Orleans? Everyone's like, let me tell let me, you. Let me ask you. Let me ask you. Did you get into uh, New Orleans because of a relationship? Or yes, person? I did. <laughs> there you go. Everyone got into New Orleans because of a relationship. Person. I wouldn't say I moved here because of the person. They were a huge part of it. And when I moved here, I was like, I know I'm going to get a new environment. I know I'm going to have like one or two friends that I might know of, and I know I'm going to get some pussy, like. I needed that, you know, um, LA had really had shown me that it wanted me to get out, you know, and I was being forced out. There was a spiritual energy that was like, you, you got to get out, you know, or else I really didn't think I was going to survive that. I can see that with LA. And then I'm going to ask you, this is a question we ask everybody and it's going to sound like 50,000 questions, but like they're all tied together. And I think I have to ask them all at once. <laughs> okay. it's, it's basically, and you might have two different coming out journeys. Okay, um, got it. But I call it the, the coming out journey where it's like, when did you come out to yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, when did you come out to like friends and family mm-hmm. and close, you know, people that you know? Yeah. And then when were you out publicly at work, on stage, um, yeah. in your writing, uh, in interviews, you know, however, yeah. however that plays out like to the world. Yeah. Coming out is like levels and levels and levels. So yes. I, I totally understand that. I think if I'm being honest, I came out when I was, like, in preschool or kindergarten because I, like, fingered this girl on my birthday. Damn. Yeah, so I was already, like, out, right? But then I didn't, like, I didn't really mess around or do anything, like, seriously with intent until, like, really college. And then in college, my thing was I had a crush on someone, and uh, my mom was so used to, like, helping me buy clothes and stuff to, like, look, look just look cute. And I said, Mom, I got to buy something to because uh, I really like this girl. My mom was like, what? And I told my dad, and my dad was like, just don't let women distract you from your studies. <laughs> and um, That's such a dad thing to say. I know. He was he was very much like, I was like, what? And I'm like, he's saying this because that's probably how he felt, <laughs> you know? I also think a lot of dads are relieved. Yeah. You know, like, I feel like my dad was relieved when I was like, I'm gay. And he's like, thank God I don't have to deal with fucking dudes knocking on my daughter's door yeah like yeah. I feel like he's like I can handle this in a different way and I yeah. prefer that yeah yeah my dad was definitely like he I'm one out of seven kids oh shit okay so like two where, of us are gonna be gay where are you in the order I'm the oldest okay yeah. so I I think it's kind of funny I'm the oldest trans kid I'm the first one and I'm trans which means the rest of them are gonna be like 
gay and trans too or something you know like there's gonna be a couple like cis gender ones but they're gonna be worse probably one's an alien <laughs> you know we don't even know how's how's the youngest uh four four holy yeah, shit he had, he had a kid right uh like a year before he passed okay yeah. i was like that's a big age yeah, range age real age range how is it to have a sibling so young you know it's weird because it's like when i'm 50 it will be in its prime of its 30s like that sucks like i yeah it's weird that. i really don't like that um <laughs> i like to think of myself as a little bit of a, a single sibling because or a single child because i know all my siblings and they know me but we don't we don't have like uh we don't have like a day-to-day relationship we know of each other black people in black communities shout out we all have one where we're like, yeah, my daddy got four kids on his side and um, and I got one one sibling, you know? Mm. I'm one sibling of my mother's and then six of my father's. So it's just different, you know? But then, okay, the coming out thing. So I told my mom, told my dad, very kind of easy. I would say my next, the next chapter of my coming out was probably last year. Because that was the year I was like having all these dreams and I was like, holy fuck, uh, uh remember i told you my sibling was talking about their they mm-hmm. i was like what the fuck are you talking about and my sibling's answer to that was like i don't understand why you don't understand pronouns you're trans and i was like what the fuck is what what are you talking about because i always asserted transgender people towards trans women except for chas bono shout out mm-hmm. um that's like really the only one we i had maybe like 10 years ago was chas bono like <laughs> yeah as like a trans mass person that's yeah. kind of crazy. And the, um, the way the media. Yeah. Because Cher was so fucking cool. Yeah. Is it cool. Still is cool. Yeah. You know? So. And the media is not cool. Yeah. So, you know, maybe uh, last year, I think it was like May or March. I was like, oh, my God, I know I'm I know who I am. And I I came out again, actually, at a birthday party. It was a four year old or five year old's birthday party of my my uh, aunt's. And I came out at the family birthday party. It was like, I'm transitioning as a man. And it was like right in front of Elsa from Frozen. <laughs> and that was that was the realest coming out I ever had. That woke me the fuck up. It, it was Were like, you on a microphone for this or are you just telling people? No, or? everyone just had a glass of red wine at a park. You know, and it was a park in, in San Jose. So you know how white that shit is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was like four white, three white, three black people including myself and then uh, uh extended family who are hispanic and white and i was like wow how was that awful it was awful it was really it was bad because i was alone and the rest of the weekend was spent in a nudist resort so like one part of me was like coming out and was like i should be happy about this and the other part of me was like at a nudist resort where i should be very comfortable in my body and then suddenly I was like, I'm not comfortable in the body now, you know? Because, like, when you're identifying as a queer woman, you're like, I get it. I got, you know, titties and a pussy. And then when you're identifying as a he and him and you're like, I'm a man, it's it really just changes your brain. And you go like, but I don't look like and I don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So, like, I still was naked at the newest resort. Don't get me wrong. But I very much, who a person who's used to being naked, realized that my body does not look like what I had imagined it would suddenly look like when I came out, you know? And that's the coming out that I'm having, have had for the last year and change because I'm, I perform drag, 
And I do talk about it on stage, and it's just a constant of, like, I identify as a bitch-ass nigga. Because I know that's what I'll always be, you know? And that won't change. That won't change. And that's, I've, I've like, accepted that. And that's why we asked the coming out question, because it, it is an evolution. And sometimes, yeah. you know, people, it, it's happened, and they're 10 years ago, and they're at the same place, and sometimes it's different, and it changes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some, some people come out and then kind of go back in and, yeah. and there's no way, that's why I'm like, I'm going to ask you like 50,000, like you, there's no, and it's not always linear. Yeah. It's no. not always like I did A and then B and then C. It's like, yeah. sometimes I did A and then X and then back to D and, you know, yeah. it's just, it's however that process is. Yeah. And it's weird too, because uh, if you would have asked the me 10 years ago in college, if I would identify as a man, I would have probably been more convinced but if you would ask me five years ago if i identify a man i would be like no because when i was in college you're learning about gender and sex and intersexuality i wasn't yet out right mm-hmm. i was still like i guess i'm a woman who likes a woman you know but if everyone would have been like no actually you're more trans i would have been like yes i'm more trans that's what it is right yeah but i got used to being a queer woman and used to presenting my gender to another woman right but that was never really what I identified with, you know? So I five years ago, I probably would have been like, get the fuck out of here. I don't even know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, I know how to strap, but that's what are you, what are you saying, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, no, and it's interesting, too, because since I've known you and seen yeah. you perform, like, you've always seemed very comfortable with, like, who you are. Like, that's one yeah. of the one of the things I like about your performance. And also just offstage, like, when we're just talking, like, you – you say what you mean, you mean what you say, like, you don't mince words, you don't, yeah. like, like, you just seem like you're, you're comfortable with, with who you are. Thank you, I appreciate that. Isn't it funny how, like, people's perspectives is so, like, different, like, um, like, you seem confident and comfortable in who you are, but, like, we all know that, like, most comedians think they're pieces of shit and mm-hmm. have so much identity issues, you know, like, we're all like, oh, am I good enough? Mm-hmm. Am I good enough? Am I good enough? I gotta get on stage and just talk shit and then feel good enough, right? um I feel that way I feel like sometimes I'm like questioning all the time like am I good am I trying am I this getting on stage used to just be about a little bit of validation now it's less about validation and now it's it's more about it's almost like community talk where I'm like I wonder if anyone else feels the way I feel not like I want you to validate my feelings but do you feel the way I feel I mean, comedy also, I think there's like a trajectory with comedy. Like yeah. when you first do it, I, I feel like it's different than when you're like five years in, 10 years in, yeah. 20 years in. I feel like the more I do it, the more there's like a message I want to get yeah. through. Yeah. And there's like something more I want to communicate than just to make people laugh. But yep. at first, it's the idea that like I'm bringing joy to people. Like yeah. something that I, yeah. you know, yeah. that I thought of and I figured yeah. out how to say it in a funny way and it connects with people and we yeah. can all laugh and afterwards yeah. I'll, you know, people will talk to me and it just, it feels great. Yeah. It's like we all just did this uplifting thing. It was a, a little small thing. It's not going to change the world, but it's going to make everyone's night good. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, after doing like queer material, you'll have people come over. They'll tell you their coming out stories. They'll tell you you know, this is my, my girlfriend, my partner. And yeah, this is what we went through. yeah, yeah. Um, I've had people like my brother just came out to me. What do I say? You know, and then you yeah. have these moments and you're like, oh, I'm connecting with them on a surface, but I could go deeper. Mm-hmm. But I also need to be funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it's kind of that, that combination. But I feel like the more you do it, there's like different things that you're looking to get out of yeah. it. Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's definitely that um, in L.A., 
it's odd to say this because I don't want this to be like a thing where I'm like, this is where I perform. Mm-hmm. But in LA, I learned that there are the comedy store and there's comedy improv and there are places that are just hole in the walls. And we mm-hmm. all know these. I learned that I really love intimacy now. Like I, I like the amount of people that are in the room, but sometimes I'm just like, if there's eight people, that's great. Yeah. If there's nine people, that's great. And I think it made me realize that because the bigger the room, the less intentional message deep I'd like to deliver. Sometimes I just end up on stage just fucking around, like not even mm-hmm. saying anything completely like intentional, right? Yeah. And then sometimes I get that like seven to eight reading and I'm like, oh, great. Like I got five, four minutes to go into mm-hmm. like my really funny abortion story, you know? And I realize now, like, that that was a reflection very much of, like, okay, at that age, forty telling 40 people that abortion story would have scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> but now, if I see 40 people, I'm like, oh, I got to tell them that abortion story or how I fucked in front of a ghost or, like, <laughs> any, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I get, you get comfortable with the message. And you, know? you also, like, the more you do it, what you yeah. touched on is, like, you learn to read the room. Yeah, exactly. Which is exactly. what you're doing. Like, you see a room... And you're like, okay, I'm even though I plan to do this material, this is what the vibe is of the room. So I'm going to adjust. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, sometimes people, you can tell they want to interact. They yeah. want you to talk to them. And yeah. sometimes you can tell people absolutely do not want you to talk to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's kind of just feeling that vibe out and going with it. Because yeah. that's what everyone's there to have a good time. Yeah. That's what I tell people when they're scared. I'm so scared. It's like, everyone's here to have fun. They're yeah. here to support you. Like, they yeah. came to sit here and watch you. Talk on a microphone. They're not out to get you. Yeah. And and that's why I'm like, well, first of all, thank you for letting me be on your show. I think I I think I realized when you said about me being comfortable on myself is it's a lot of me me realizing that it should be you should be going out and performing to have a, just a good time, you know, and like that's like, let's just do it. Let's just go out and let's do it. Let's have a good time. I think I definitely feel like, and maybe it's just because, again, I've only been in for three years, but also, like, 2020 was not a real year. Yeah. Right? No, so Just erase it we, from the history. You know, it. So, maybe, yeah. like, two years. But as I've been here, I've been trying to get more comfortable into the presence and the community of people. And I have a lot of moments of me being, like, to be honest, really scared and having anxiety about having a good, a good time of, like, just let go and be, you know? Instead of being like, what do I have to worry about? You know, is is it is it good enough? What is you know like? You think I'm comfortable with myself, mm-hmm. but sometimes I'm just in my skin and I'm like, eh, you know. Yeah, um, we all have those moments, and maybe yeah. it's just outwardly. You know, people project things outwardly that are yeah sometimes not necessarily aligned with yeah. how they're currently feeling, and sometimes it is a fake it till you make it situation. Yeah. Like, sometimes yeah. I'm having I'm in a shit mood, yeah. and something bad happened, and I you know. I would say, because my last girlfriend, like, sometimes she, and she probably didn't do this on purpose, but, like, every once in a while, she'd get really fucking mad at me, like, two minutes before I got on stage. Really? Yeah, like, we'd get in these, like, blowout fights, and then I'd have to, like, wipe the tears, turn around, and get on stage and entertain people that might not, like, outwardly, I'm gonna be happy and do my jokes the way I do them, but inwardly, I'm, you know, fucking pissed off or, you know, hurt or however I'm feeling in that moment. Did you talk shit in that moment, or were you just... No, no, I would never. (laughs) Yeah. Person. Whenever, sure. I'm, I'm a ter- <laughs> Thank you. I'm a comedian who, when I have a very bad date, I'm going to tell someone about it. Yeah. You know? um, if someone pisses me off, I got to talk about it. 
Um, not even like to talk directly about that person, no names or anything, but just about like, hey, am I tripping? Mm. That's like the tagline of my life. Am I tripping? <laughs> Here's your special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I could do that. Am yeah, I tripping as a special. Yeah, because um, I am tripping. I'm a very clumsy person. <laughs> I make mistakes. That's know? why it's a perfect title. And yeah. if that would get my if I was flipping through Netflix. Am yeah. I tripping? I, I need to find out. Yeah, yeah. Are you tripping over something? Or you know, it's like let's, yeah. let's figure this out. You know, and every everyone else. Well, the truth of the matter is, is like, I am tripping and so is everyone else. Everyone else is tripping every yeah. day. We're all fucking up and it's normal, you know? That's human. We're humans. Yeah, yeah. I think we forget about that. Like, when you think about, like, uh, celebrities and comedians that make mistakes, they're all like, I'm not saying anyone's right or wrong, but I'm saying, like, people are fucked up. Like, we forget, like, even the people that we may, like, admire or like or our parents are fucked up people. Yeah. I think we need to start saying, like, humanity is fucked up. Yeah. Like, we know slavery is fucked up. We know America is fucked up. But humanity, us, our humanness is fucked up. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, if you really want to break it down, and this is probably a whole other podcast. Yeah, sorry. We're, we're, like, put on this earth, like, to survive as long as we can. Yeah. Like, that's our goal, and that's yeah. going to be selfish at a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's your goal, is just for you to survive in this body as long as you yeah. humanly possibly can. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask, so are you in a relationship now? I am dating casually. Okay, casually dating. Um, in therapy, figuring out what I want. Come on now, high five. You know, yeah. trying to take my time because I do the lesbian thing where I meet someone and like a month later we're moved in. And, yeah. You know, my last girlfriend, we were together five years. Yeah. A month and a half in, we're saying I love you. Two months in, she moves in. Six months in, we buy a house together. Wow. Um, and then we're like in this thing. Yeah, and kinda... we're you know, and then COVID happened, and we're yeah. really in this thing. Yeah, and so this time around, I'm really trying to look at like what I want and need, and is this working? And yeah, am I not just trying to like be with someone to be with someone? Yeah, like so, I'm trying to do all that. Yeah. I know you're you're in a relationship, right? Yeah, I am. It's very interesting. <laughs> I always thought that I would be like quote unquote slim dig daddy, and like just like be like player it out played out because i'm a lover i love people i love relationships too but i never really thought i'd be like the not even the u-haul lesbian i just didn't think i'd be like a stable person in a relationship and i'm not a stable person but the person i'm with is a stable person (laughs) and uh y'all are cute it's been chill it's been cool it's definitely been like a if we're talking about like uh queerness it's been like let us not u-haul let us be intentional we like made surveys for each other every month. We get we exchange surveys every other month of like how's our relationship going? How did you feel about this date? I love this. that. No, yeah. take this idea, yo. It saves all relationships from even like you know, okay, this is where it's going. You know, like oh, this is where our issues are. And uh, I feel like you know when you help people are like we're gonna get married, we have kids. I feel really good about this relationship because we are like yeah, we are gonna get married, but we're not gonna get married any goddamn time soon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and we're having like real like, yeah, calm down, bitch. Well, that's what <laughs> I was, like. Yeah, with with marriage, I always you know when people like meet and two months later they're engaged. I'm like, what's the rush? Like, yeah, you, you're getting married means you're spending the rest of your life together. Yeah, you have the rest of your life. Yeah, to do this, but yeah, a lot of people. So 
That sounds great. And yeah. Whose idea was the surveys? That's super um, cute. It was my idea, actually. Okay. Yeah, because they're they are an organizer. They like data. And I was like, I want them to know I'm a writer. I want them to, I want to ask them questions. I may not be uh, comfortable asking them these questions about their boundaries or sex things or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then we started making it like, what's the next date you'd like to go on? Okay, I'd like to go to the uh, sculpture garden and paint. I'm like, great. That's our next date. It just helps me go, like, I need honesty. I'm a very honest person. Mm-hmm. I don't like lying. I don't like being um, dishonest or disloyal, you know? Um, and that doesn't mean, like, about, like, cheating or whatever. It just means, like, disloyal is being dishonest, you know? Yeah. So I was like, let me make this romantic. And I even asked sexy questions mm-hmm. in the survey, too. Well, of course. You I know? mean, yeah. you're, why are you going to have a survey if you're not going to have sexy questions? No, it's got to be sexy. <laughs> so, But that was my way of saying, like, eh, I want to make this the best relationship you know yeah yeah and like you said like the word intentional is so important like you know one thing i'm learning in therapy i'll share this and then yeah we'll we'll wrap it up because we got a show tonight i do the thing in the beginning where i just want this person to like me so bad Mm -hmm. that i put on it's me but it's not all of me Mm -hmm. you know i put Mm -hmm. on my best face Mm -hmm. i let things go that i don't really let go but outwardly i do because i just want them to like me and now i'm trying to be intentional yeah like that's not healthy because in all fairness to them yeah i presented this idea of me that they liked but that wasn't all of me yeah and that's not fair to them yeah that's fucked up yeah and it's not honest yeah because we grew up as queer people rejection so Mm -hmm. we're, we're out and open about who we are quickly then we fear that that's gonna happen to us again it, it's yeah because society already did that yeah, for us yeah. like my whole fucking life yeah yeah i get that yeah i mean but the other thing is you gotta think like someone like you like i mean i'm just saying <laughs> you, got, you got a job you got a house you know you're out and on stage like believe it or not you're like you could be honest and open about what your shit is because you're pretty much like prime queer property you know <laughs> you got two cats I think there's a lot of people who may have it even like you, but are like not open or not, you know what I mean? Like even more like, I think you have to realize like you, you can afford to be vulnerable. You can, but there's people who like may like not have the situation that you have or, you know, even not even economics, just like the support system. Yeah. The support system. Right. And they're like, I really can't afford it because if I don't like, you know, I have a friend who's very, very not vulnerable. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that they don't have the support system. So I think you like rely on like, even if I'm vulnerable, if I if I say this thing, and I may get rejected, okay, fuck it, I got these things. That's fine. Yeah. 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 It's no. hard, though. It is. That's the thing. Yeah, it is hard. And it's an everyday thing. And it's yeah. and it's work. And now that I'm, I've been in therapy, like three ish months now, yeah. and I'm like, actually putting the work in. I, mm-hmm. I think before I was like, I could just go online and do you know, uh, <laughs> like read an article and yeah. and do whatever exercise there is. And it's like, no, I go every single week. Yeah. Now, yeah. the first month, it was her kind of getting to know me. And then yeah. after that, it's me being like, here's what I want to talk about. Yeah. And she'll give me assignments and then I'll come back and do them. And mm-hmm. then, and, and I feel better. Like yeah. my whole life feels better. Yeah. Interesting. Um, you look better. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know if you look before, but I think you look better. <laughs> I feel a different vibe anyway. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I am living my life more honestly yeah. and more with intention. And yeah not hiding and i think because yeah like you hit the nail on the head like i spent so much of my life hiding yeah i was just talking about that today where like like i crave intimacy in a way because i didn't have that growing up Mm -hmm. and part of it was i was so scared people would think i was gay Mm -hmm. that even like if a friend that was a girl would hug me Mm -hmm. i'd be like i don't hug 
Yeah. Like, even when you came over today, you're like, yeah. do you hug? I'm like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I love hugs, and I always yeah. loved hugs, and, you know, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, I would have told you I didn't. Yeah. Well, what's even crazier is, is, like, gay is in. Yeah. Like, everyone's, I'm anti-hetero. When people are mm-hmm. like, hey, let's hug, no hetero. Like, I'm into that. I'm into, like, being, like, more gay, more queer love than mm-hmm. being more hetero, more cis, versus, like, everyone knows that hetero relationships are tight as fuck because they know queer people because they're fucking another queer person you know what i mean like we're in a space where we can do this work of being open because there is a different there's like there's like a different vibe we're on we're writing on where people are like we want you to be more gay we want you to be more yourself more authentic yeah exactly but yeah this is great yeah, that's awesome. Well, let, let everyone know where they can find you. Yeah. Uh, well, follow me on uh, DA Real Poetic Justice. That's Da Real Poetic Justice. And uh, I'm also on Twitter, but I'm gonna, probably going to quit soon because of the Elon Musk thing. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, I'm just mostly, I'm mostly that and I just, I think it's time to stop watching Twitter porn. Um, but yeah, please, please follow me on Instagram where I uh, do comedy and drag. And yeah, like, and we'll post yeah. it in our liner notes. Thanks so much, cool. Justice. This was so much fun. I'm so glad that I came. Yeah. You're really cool. We could do here. like 15 more episodes. We really could talk like... a lot. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, now that we can be friends, we can always get coffee and, yeah. you know, I can catch up on you when you're six months in therapy <laughs> and you're like, what, what's the point now? Because yeah. you'll get into a six month oh. thing where you'll be like, okay, what's the point? I'm being... I'm, I'm fixed, but I'm not fixed, but I'm not fixed. I don't have to, yeah, you know. I'm fixed, but my life still shit me. Like, yeah. All right. I'm in a, I'm a year and a half in therapy, and I'm like, do I still keep going? And they're like, there's always some new shit. Yeah. But you get. You're like, you're still fucked up. Yeah. You get but intro- you're doing great. Yeah. You get introspective <laughs> superpowers. Yeah. And then that's when it, shit gets great. Oh, I can't wait for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks yeah. so much. No problem. Thank you to Justice for sharing his world with us. Special thank you to Ryan Golub for our theme song. Social media with us. You can find us on Twitter at Queer to My Heart. You can find us on Insta and Facebook at Near and Queer to My Heart. Uh, we hope to see you soon. Bye. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.